Good morning, church. So good to be with you. This morning, I want to start off by um, quickly reviewing the triangle and up, in and out. Actually, um, let me, um, this is my friend Ellen, and um, is it okay if we pray for you? Okay. Uh, Ellen's um, mom is, um, will be promoted to glory probably in the next few hours or in the day, next day or two, and so just um, felt it on my heart to pray for Ellen and Paul and the family as they, um, they're far away. Mom is in Colorado, and so um, let's pr- Would you stretch out your hand? Let's pray for Ellen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before the throne of grace to find help and mercy in our hour of need. And this morning, I want to pray for my dear sister Ellen, that you would be with her and her brother Peter and the rest of the family. I pray, Father God, that you would help them, that your peace which surpasses understanding would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We especially pray for their mom, Georgia. We thank you for her life. We thank you for the legacy that she leaves behind. We thank you that she belongs to you. She doesn't belong to us, but she belongs to the one who created her. And we thank you that you are calling her home. And so we give thanks for her life. Would you bless her? And would you be with her? And would you comfort her? Thank you for who you are. And we believe in Jesus Christ. And so we have hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Um, I've been talking about the triangle and up, in, and out in 2017. And um, I'm, I'm going to continually talk about Uh, the triangle and up, in, and out. I want us to be conversant in that. You see, um, the triangle is and up, in, and out is the framework that we've adopted for how we do church. And so my hope is that you'll be able to understand and apply the triangle up, in, and out in your own life and that you'll be able also to articulate it to others so that if someone asks you, hey, don't you go to Ohana Christian Church? What, does Ohana, what is Ohana Christian Church all about? You'll be able to say, oh, man, I'm glad you asked. We're about up, in, and out. And then you'll be able to explain what up, in, and out is all about. And so this morning, just a quick review. Up, in, and out. So the triangle is a tool to help us to remember the three most important relationships of every Christian. Very simple. Up, in, and out. Up with God, in with other believers, and out to the world. Up represents our upward relationship with God. In represents our inward relationship with the people of God. And out represents our outward relationship to a broken and hurting world. And so up is where we develop in intimacy with God. In is where we look to live in community with other believers. And out is where we seek to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Very simple, up, in, and out. And the purpose of up, in, and out is really to get us back to Jesus. If you read through the Gospel of Mark, which we are doing over the next few weeks, you'll discover that Jesus invested in three kinds of relationships. 
Jesus invested in his up relationship with his heavenly father. Jesus invested in his in relationship with his disciples. And Jesus invested in his out relationship to a broken and hurting world. Up, in and out. Up with God, in with others, and out to the world. And so how do we develop our up relationship with God? Well, for starters, praying and reading your Bible daily, taking a Sabbath weekly, attending church regularly, some wonderful ways to develop your up relationship with God. How do you develop your in relationship with other believers? Well, you can... um, attend an ohana group. You can hang out with each other outside of church. Have coffee or breakfast or lunch together. Invite someone else from church over to your house for dinner. Great ways to develop your in-relationship with other believers. Well, this morning, we're going to focus on the out dimension. Our outward relationship to a broken and hurting world. One of the reasons I really enjoy the Gospel of Mark is this. There's so much action and excitement that takes place in the Gospel of Mark. Just in Mark chapter 1, 2, and 3, we see so many examples examples of Jesus reaching out to a broken and hurting world. In Mark chapter 1, we find that Jesus drives out a a demon from this person. We find Jesus healing Simon's mother-in-law and many others. We find Jesus heal this guy of leprosy. In Mark chapter 2, we find Jesus healing this paralyzed man. In Mark chapter 3, we find Jesus healing a man with a shriveled hand. And then Jesus, later on in Mark chapter 3, heals many others. So much so that he attracts crowds of people. Crowds of people come to Jesus because they want to be made well. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, what do we find Jesus doing? We find Jesus doing the works of the kingdom. We find Jesus reaching out into the community, meeting people's needs, making a difference in people's lives. He's loving on people. Jesus shows compassion for people. He cures people of their sickness. Jesus liberates people from demon spirits. You see, reaching out to a broken and hurting world And proclaiming the kingdom of God and meaning human needs was the mission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, just before Jesus began his earthly public ministry, he was in the temple and he opens up the scroll and it falls to Isaiah 61. And here it's found in Luke chapter 4. And he declares, he declares his mission to the world. Listen to what Jesus declares. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I'm not sure how we got here, but we are at a point in Christianity where we read what Jesus did, and then we say, wow, that's cool. Let me write something cool in my journal about it. And then we say, let's call it a day. And we don't do anything. There's no action on our part. Something is missing. Something is not right. Something does not add up. If we are followers of Jesus, then shouldn't we be doing what we see Jesus doing? Take a look at Mark chapter 3, verse 13, 14, and 15. Very important. It says this. It says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And then listen carefully to what it says next. Then he appointed 12, and that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. So Jesus is with his 12 disciples, and he says to these 12 disciples, you've watched me, you observed me, You've witnessed, you saw me reaching out to a broken and hurting world and you wrote in your journal, wow, this is cool. And you write, you wrote something cool in your journal. But there's more, Jesus says. Jesus says, now I empower you to go and reach out to a broken and hurting world and make a difference for the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus has given every single one of us a mission as well. He has commissioned each and every single one of us to be the redeemed people of God that reaches out to a broken and hurting world and makes a difference for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. He calls us to be God's missionary people and he sends us out. He calls us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He calls us to be fishers of people. He calls us to be seed planters. He calls us to be gatherers of the harvest. He calls us to be salt and light. And then he sends us out. Out into our workplaces. Out into our neighborhoods. Out into our communities. Out into our schools. Out among our family and friends. So that we can reach out to a broken and hurting world. And make a difference for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Now some of you understand out well. In fact, I'll admit that I'm pretty not, that out is not my strong point. Some of you, I watch you and I I learn about out from you folks. And one of the people that I learn from is my good friend, Lina La'a. And so this morning, I thought I'd invite her to share a little bit of her experience with reaching out to a broken and hurting world. And and this is Lina's birthday this coming weeks. And so would you welcome my friend, Lina La'a. Good morning. Good morning. I'm a little nervous, but it'll be fine. Um, Let's just pray. 
Heavenly Father, we just come before you today and just, I just pray that you will just speak through me, Lord. Use me as your vessel to um, reach people in the congregation um, through my testimony, through my story, Lord. I pray that you will just allow your light to shine through me. And um, I just praise and thank you for the life that you've given me and for everything that you have blessed me with and the opportunity to speak. Um, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So a little background about my story. Um, I grew up on the west side, a uh, family of eight. I'm the oldest. And from the years of four to seven, we were pretty much homeless. Um, both parents were drug addicts, meth. Um, so it was really hard, but uh, people would say, oh, you're homeless. Or, and I would say, we're just houseless because we would have tents. And um, I don't know if for a lot of you guys, you guys know the west side is just covered with beautiful beaches. And um, our school was Nanikupono when it was, before Kavaihona. And uh, we would always go right after, you know, to the beach, would change our clothes, jump in the water. But that was our playground. That was our home. We didn't know any different. We're like, oh, yeah, this is our home. We didn't know we were homeless. But it was just a struggle um, finding food for my siblings because my parents would be just out of their mind, you know, so high and down and out. So I was the oldest, and I would try and fend for food, and people would be so rude, you know. I'm like, hey, can you spare some food? I'm trying to get food for my siblings, and they're like, oh, get away, you dirty kid, or, you know. But we weren't dirty. We showered every day at the beach, but, I mean, our clothes was telling a different story. But, um, so it was tough. It was really tough. But one day, this is where the Salvation Army comes in, um, Salvation Army came to the beach and brought us big bags of just toys. And it, it lit our hearts up, like our eyes were just, just amazed because we've never experienced anything like that. Um, the food that they brought, we're like, wow, look at all this food. And I just remember the uniform and the shield. And I was like, wow, this is what it's like to give, like, I want to be like that person. I want to be that, like the Salvation Army or people like that who just give no matter what your circumstances. Like their heart was just for our family as well as the other families around us. So that was kind of the beginning of my inspiration of being that person. I wanted to be them. But at seven, my grandma and my grandpa adopted my siblings and I and through my grandma, I saw a lot, of the, a lot of the traits that I carry today, her legacy, um, the giving, the always, you know, inviting stray people off the streets, like, oh, yeah, come and stay with us. My friends are like, oh, you don't have a place to stay? Come. We have lots of room. We have lots of food to go around, even though we weren't rich. My grandma would just make do with whatever we had, you know, lay out the hali'i on the ground, you know, pillows and blankets. It was always so full of life. But my grandma always said, even if you don't have anything physically to give, you always have something to give. You always have your time, time that you can spend with people. I mean, even if it's five minutes, you know, an ear. You have ears to listen to people. You know, let them tell you your story. Let them just go through everything just to be there. You have hands. Lend a hand. If they can't do anything for themselves, you can be their hands. You can be their feet to carry them through. 
You can be the mouth. Speak words of encouragement. Speak words of life into people. Those were the things that my grandma instilled in me, and I still carry that. She was one of my biggest inspiration, which leads me to my friend Carrie. I know a lot of you would pass Nimitz, and I think a lot of you guys are my friends on Facebook. But um, this woman, when I started working my second job at the post office at night, I would pass this tent the first night. I was like, wow, someone actually lives there. I was like, wow. But I don't see anybody stop. She's right after the bus stop, right by Valkenburg, to the right. And I said, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to make it a point to stop. I'm going to bring her something. So I did. I parked illegally in the bus stop. I got out of my car, left it running, put my hazards on. And I said, hello, is anybody there? And I hear, oh, yeah. I said, hi, I brought you something. And she lit up with a smile. For me, that's the most rewarding thing that you can do for someone is to give. She popped her head out. She was like, who are you? I said, I'm Lena. Nice to meet you. Without hesitation, she's like, oh. She looked at her hands. It was dirty. I didn't care. I said, I'm Lena. Nice to meet you. And she was like, I'm Car Carrie. Thank you for the food. She goes, are you, are you here to take something from me? I said, no. I'm actually just here to give you something. And I want to pray with you. She goes, you want to pray with me? I would love for you to pray with me. So I did. And from that day on, we became friends. Um, for Christmas, she wanted. To, I said, what's one thing that you want to do? One thing, if you could have anything, what would you want? She says, I want to go home to my family. And I told her, I said, I wish I could send you to your family. If I had all the money in the world, that's what I would do. I said, but since I can't, I'll be your family. And I said, what other things do you need? She, needed, she asked just for simple things. Simple things that people would be like, oh, that's too much, you know? Nope, she just wanted something really simple. But for me, just being there for people, I mean, as Thomas was talking about how you just go. For me, it's a natural thing. I see someone on the side of the world in need, I'll stop. Without hesitation, I'll go. But that's just me. You know, that in what I've seen throughout my life, you would think that I would be somewhere else mentally, but praise the Lord, he's kept me sane, and he's allowed, he's allowed me to do things for him in my life, which has blessed other people. And so I just encourage you guys to do the same to be Jesus to others in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Let me end with uh, Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 31 to 46. This is Jesus speaking. Listen carefully to what Jesus says. He says this. He says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep 
on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And now here's the uncomfortable part. Listen carefully. It says this. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of, one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. These kinds of texts make me very uncomfortable. These kinds of texts concern me and scare me. Am I going to be recognized as a sheep or a goat? Am I going to inherit eternal life or eternal punishment? And I have theologian friends much smarter than I that can clarify difficult texts like this, that can take the sting out of tough texts like this and explain it away to make me feel good. But to be honest with you, I'm tired of people clarifying and explaining things away. Maybe God does mean what he says. If this will make me be a little more concerned about the marginalized of this world, 
then I receive it. You see, we cannot say that we love Jesus and not show compassion. We cannot say that we love Jesus and not show mercy. We cannot say that we are disciples of Jesus Christ and not feed the hungry, not clothe the naked. We cannot say that we are followers of Jesus Christ, that we're Christians and not help the marginalized of this world. Friends, it is the time for the church to rise up. It is time for the church to advance and not retreat, to move forwards and not backwards. It's time for the church to take action and not be complacent. It is time for you and I to reach out to a broken and hurting world and make a difference for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray.